0: Hello, and welcome to Since You Asked. With your hosts, Nancy Reichman and Kyle McKee.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Since You Asked. Today we're talking about nutrition, which if you know me, you know I'm a little bit of a nutrition guru. Love it. Uh, We got lots of things that we're going to cover. I kind of like went back into when I first started and dived into what questions was I asking, what I did wrong, and how I can help you guys from the past experience of doing this for almost like four years now. I would like to go into like bulk, cut, and maintenance. Those are some things that you can play around with because as we know, we can't forever be in a cult cut. We wanna maintain once we get down there. So trying to make it smart decisions in getting there. Also wanna cover like cardio steps and water intake. I actually I posted question box on my Instagram. So there are a few questions that people asked. One was like about vitamins. So I'd like to tap into that a little bit, but not too, too educated, but I'll give what knowledge I currently do know. And then which variables will help the most. So like understanding which one we should pull when we're going into it, like maybe your step count needs to be increased, figuring out what your current step count is and how we can change that. And then Meal timing is huge. This has been extremely important for me in the past couple weeks because I'm prepping for my powerlifting meet. And then, yeah, building habits, what works, what doesn't, and just giving our education so you can hopefully take away some good ones as we enter winter, which means
0: bulking season. Time to pack it on.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you can plan. You can listen to this podcast, then you could plan it out. Be like, okay, I want to be fat for Christmas. Not fat, but... <laughs> And then how can you like slowly cut down into cutting phase and then maintenance so you can look extra hot for summer? Yeah,
0: that's always like my favorite old like gym like meme kind of is like, all right, it's fall time to like put on the, the extra large hoodie and the big sweatpants and just do like chest and arms for six months and just like eat everything possible and then like whatever march comes around it's like all right i'd love to not wear hoodies anymore like time to lean out for summer so Mm -hmm. fun to to chat about a bunch of this stuff
1: when i was like i'll look at pictures of myself when i was working out in the winter and the outfits are completely opposite compared to summer because i've actually cut down a little bit where before i was like wearing sweatpants and hoodies all the time at the gym oh that's amazing minimal shorts and a sports bra (laughs)
0: see if it was up to me i would wear like a hoodie and sweats every time i trained always like i'm just so much more comfortable so
1: yeah even the sweat too like leg days with a hoodie on is just unreal i love it
0: yeah it's amazing it's amazing
1: Mm
0: -hmm. well let's hop in because yeah nutrition can feel like this black box sometimes of like all right i'm gonna hire a personal trainer because i want to lose weight or gain muscle or become more fit or whatever and there's only so much you can actually accomplish in the gym, and that's something I talk to clients a lot about. It's like a lot of this, especially like weight gain, weight loss, is going to happen through your nutrition. Mm-hmm. But what do we do about it? How do we go about answering some of these questions? So I think this is going to be a good one to go through, and and will help accelerate what you're doing in the gym.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like first we can like since we are going into this season, we can talk about a little bit of a bulking one, and for the women and men listening, women bulking doesn't have to be necessarily like you're putting on all of these pounds this can be like healthy pounds and this is your opportunity to grow so like getting in your protein and to be honest if I didn't bulk the way I have in these past couple years I wouldn't have the physique that I do when I cut so understanding like this is actually taking a step forward towards your goals and not taking a step back and be very gentle with yourself during this time and just constantly remind that there is a good reason why you're doing it but I'm hoping that we can give you ways to do it properly instead of being like bulking means let's go to a fast food restaurant kind of thing like there Mm -hmm. are healthy ways to do it i know some people will thrive better when they have like the unhealthy route mostly men because they're just ungrateful and they get to eat and look great all the time
0: (laughs) one of my one of my bulking tactics for my powerlifting meat to try and like continue to put on more weight was I would have I'd go to Costco once a week and they have two frozen deep dish pizzas and I would eat them both throughout the course of the week and I just did that every week for like 16 weeks I know someone
1: who used to do that too they'd get a pizza religiously after like a certain day of the gym and Mm -hmm. it worked if I ate a whole pizza Kyle I would gain five pounds like the next day right
0: (laughs) yeah no it's like
1: (laughs) actually I do want to bring that up too is like you kind of started with about the gym and how the gym isn't the be all end all yes it's a variable that can help with the cutting but if i eat like an asshole i gain weight no matter how much cardio i'm doing in the gym how many outdoor walks and how many times i go to the gym so that is like this is this is the key here Mm, (laughs) mm nutrition is the biggest thing but where yeah where i'd like to start is talk about a bulk and kind of like where you go with the bulk so My biggest advice when a client first hops on board with me is I ask her to track what she's currently eating and figuring out like how many calories she's currently at and then you increase it ever so slightly by 100 to 200 every week if she finds like the 200 is too much within that week so we'll push it for another week and see how she adapts to that but nothing too extreme where she's like eating a thousand calories and then all of a sudden I'm like okay now you have to eat like. 1800 calories. I done, I've i done this in the past, and more often than not, it actually reverses and they start to lose weight while they're eating more. So, that's also something very interesting about changing up your diet. But I think Kyle can like talk on the behalf of the boys here. She has a lot more experience and a lot more time in the powerlifting space with all the powerlifters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to at some point, I want to go back to like why only one to 200 calories. Cause I think that's like an important distinction to make of like not jumping all the way in. Cause like on, on the, the guy side or like in my perspective, I talk about protein goals a lot with people during a bowl,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: males and females. And so a lot of times, like I train most of my clients in Seattle. So I end up working with a lot of people who don't just eat sort of a traditional a diet. And I have a lot of people who are mostly vegetarian or partly vegetarian, or they try to choose vegan most of the time. And so their current protein is very low. And so it's okay. How do we get that protein to go up? And sometimes, so in the gym, we generally talk about like one gram per pound of body weight is kind of the general like amount of protein you should be getting in during the day. So, you know, if you weigh two hundred pounds, you should have probably two hundred grams of protein. I've heard some people talk about that as like grams of protein per like lean body mass. I think that's a little more difficult to calculate. So, mm-hmm. whatever, two one to one generally works pretty well. I'll work with people sometimes who are getting like half to one. And so it's like, okay, well we got to get your protein goal up. Like that's going to, you're going to see a ton of progress just from raising that number on its own. But I don't want people to jump from, you know, hundred grams of protein today or, or 80 grams of protein a day to 200 because yeah, that's going to cause a lot of issues. Yeah. It's, it's unrealistic for a bunch of reasons. A protein is very satiating. And so if you had to double the amount of protein, protein you in took You'd be just full all day, and you'd never get it down. So this is like ramping process that I found for people that's really helpful. Also, too much protein can get end up with some GI issues,
1: Yeah. especially
0: if those protein calories come from like
1: way artificial
0: soon. sources. Yeah, like whey, whatever. Like people hours. aren't used to. Yeah, people aren't used to that. Yeah. It just goes straight through them, and they feel sick. And then it gets worse because then, like, well, now I don't want to eat all this extra protein, so I'm going to actually end up eating less than I did before because now I don't feel as good. Yeah. So.
1: I was just gonna say, and then sometimes it causes like constipation where you can't even get through like your body, and then you feel even more shitty because you're so full. Right. Like, I don't want to do this.
0: Yeah, because there's you can play with the variables of like adding some fiber back into or some yeah uh, different kinds of uh, like fast fast breakdown carbohydrates, mm-hmm.
1: like white
0: rice things like that that like help. That's something you... I want
1: to talk about too.
0: Perfect. So we kind of help help your protein help your foods move through your system a little more effectively. So. One way that I try and talk about, especially with like barbell athletes that I work with or clients that are learning this for the first time is like, okay, now you're going to eat for performance. Like that's what we're trying to change because it's a lot of times Mm -hmm. in the powerlifting world, like Nancy talked about, like I talked about, it's like, yeah, just, okay. So some of the real pieces of advice I've gotten in the powerlifting world were if you're trying to gain weight, clear a frozen pizza every night after you eat, after you go to bed, just eat a whole frozen or not after you go to bed, before you go to bed, eat a whole frozen pizza. (laughs) Don't do that. Or like eat a PB&J after every meal because you might be super full, but you can always squeeze in a PB&J. And so it's just like getting any way possible, eating as much food as you can. And I think that the sentiment works of like, hey, if you need to gain more weight, you need to eat more food. But I think there's more effective ways to do it than just like clearing a bunch of frozen pizzas. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, how do we eat for performance? Because if we think about eating for performance versus just eating to gain muscle, those are two two slightly different things because if we think about performance – And like sort of like athletic output, Uh, if you've played sports in high school or college or university, or just like off to the side, like as an adult, like playing in a a beer league softball team or whatever, you'll know that if you eat a certain way, if you eat like an athlete, you're going to perform a lot better than if you eat like a regular person who's not an athlete. So because athletes tend to incorporate more greens, more vegetables, more fruits, higher quality of foods, Mm -hmm. larger variety of foods and they tend to avoid processed and fried foods. And so all those things help your output, your performance. And so since that's the main area that I try and talk about, people is like, hey, if your performance goes up, like your weight is also going to go up. So trying to tie yeah. those two things together from a nutrition standpoint. So it's not just like, hey, just eat more food however you can, but it's like, hey, let's eat to perform better. And then probably also change your body composition at the same time.
1: I like the mental shift too, about like the performance rather than Like kind of having a negative mindset about eating more it is going to benefit you so much in the gym compared to just like eating whatever you want and that's where it goes like hand in hand too because if you're eating like a big meal before the gym then in the gym you're going to be a better athlete in that space because you have this the right amount of fuel and what you said about like gaining weight from the gym it's actually funny that everyone starts at the gym thinking that they are going to lose so much weight but Mm -hmm. more often than not Once you do lose that weight, then you gain a little bit more and you're in, like, a totally different body composition from it. That's pretty cool. Actually, I was talking to my friend and he was, like, he stopped going to the gym for a week because he got injured. And he's like, Nancy, Mm -hmm. I lost five pounds. Like, yeah, isn't it crazy? And then you Mm -hmm. also for the girlies who – I get this often where they just struggle to eat. Sometimes we're just not hungry, depending on hormones and just life. But I'm like, well, you if you're not expending this energy, your body's not going to crave that energy back. So going into the gym is giving that opportunity where your body will start to feel more hungry. And like mm. even this past weekend, I didn't work out Saturday or Sunday. I wasn't hungry at all. But if I hit a heavy leg day, I bet you I'm driving home from the gym being like, I need food right now.
0: (laughs) Totally. Well, and that's where I know you have a total plan. And so like, we'll jump back to that or like, I don't want to get too off track from that, but I know we're also Mm going to talk about walking and cardio. And so those things and how to use those variables, because those are just variables we can play with where it's like, should I do extra cardio? Yes or no. Or like, what's the result of my cardio? And it's like, I do cardio to help me eat more. Like I do cardio for like the health Mm -hmm. reasons, obviously. And for some of the body composition reasons to like increase, uh, To increase my leanness, probably the wrong way to say that, but to become more lean. But I also use cardio as a way to encourage my body to be hungry more often. Mm -hmm. So, cardio steps, things like that. So, there's a ton of ways you can use the different variables at hand to get whatever result you're kind of angling for. So,
1: yeah. And it makes like such a huge difference. I have some girls with step trackers and they're like, I take 4,000 to 5,000 steps a day. But if I'm like, okay, increase that by 1,000. Throughout your week, you're walking an extra 7,000 steps. Like that is a huge jump compared to the week before. And like that could actually go into like the the cutting area since we started off with bulk is like when you're doing something like that, look at these variables. Look at like your step count, your protein, your calories, and like your water intake, and then slowly dip into each one and increase it every single week. And it doesn't feel like you're getting like all of this stuff all at once. It's just little steps. An extra a thousand steps a day is like me walking around the block ish mm. two maybe two, but
0: yeah, it's literally it takes nothing. like 10, 15 minutes maybe.
1: Yeah. And then there's also so many little ways I've heard these on podcasts. If you are struggling with steps is my friends know that I park very far from the store. I've been called out multiple times <laughs> and it's kind of an ongoing joke. Now mm. Nancy parks far away, but it's just like a little mind thing that I played to get like, I don't know, extra 500 steps walking up to the store. When you're on the phone with someone, I don't sit. I usually walk around. I'll walk up and down, like, my whole entire house if I'm on the phone. That's another thing. Taking the stairs, obviously, instead of, like, an elevator or escalator, but Mm when you're really around those variables. But that's something to take into consideration. I like the Mm -hmm. balls and stuff. Uh, And then, yeah, when it's – I guess we could start off this cutting thing. It's like, for an example, when I started this meat prep – I was eating just intuitively, but then I started to count it and I was roughly around 2,400 calories and it took me about six weeks in to get down to 1,800 calories, but I was still losing consistent weight during this time and it didn't feel like all of a sudden I'm starving. Like my body adapted to the change because I was so slow with it. But another thing with the cut, so you prevent yourself from being too hungry, is making sure that protein is a, a variable that you keep high, always. You can manipulate carbs. I feel like that's the best one to manipulate when it comes to macronutrients. Speaking from a female's point of view, our fats always need to be fairly high, just because of our periods and like the energy sources that we tap into, depending on the, the time of our cycle. But carb- Manipulations big on the cut and then not to go so far deep but another big change was av- having a certain amount of carbs before my workout and after my workout and not having so many carbs in the beginning of my day or midday when I'm not working out because so like I work from home so I'm just sitting or I'm taking my dog out for a walk when that energy source is not being asked for at that moment so that's a big one is like using 50 I have like 50 to 60 grams of carbohydrates before my workouts and then I refuel afterwards so yeah I think those are like some key takeaways and then another thing is like water intake if you find that you are getting pretty hungry during your cut uh, I drink a lot of water before a meal but don't drink water during your meals it's actually not good for your ph balance of your stomach and it messes up with your gut and digestion while you're eating your foods Fun fact
0: that's big brain that's big brain. Yeah.
1: I actually learned okay. from, from his name in prescript. Dr. D D Dwayne. Dwayne. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dr. Tommy Dwayne Johnson. The smartest yeah. man ever Goat. in history. Yeah. He's also yeah.
1: older than all of us. <laughs> so yeah. He's,
0: yeah. He's the only adult in the room sometimes, it feels like, which is kind of nice.
1: <laughs> he's been around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's done a lot. Okay. So uh, are you cutting for your meat to like get into a weight class? Yeah. Okay, nice. So how long have you been in this cut for? How long have you been Um, in the cut for?
1: Since I started so far out, it's been like June. June I started officially. But because of summer and having the events and like going out for dinners and stuff, it has been very like up and down. But yeah, beginning of June. And I was 146 in the beginning of June and now I'm 138, 139. But, and this
0: is in like the middle of August or so, some something like that at yeah. end of August.
1: Yeah. The goal is to get down to like 135 and then water cut the three pounds and then just refuel the day of, well, the before.
0: Yeah. So nice. So
1: roughly four pounds, but still, it got like two weeks to lose four pounds, so. It's
0: coming down to it.
1: woo <laughs> Okay.
0: So the thing I wanted to dive into a little bit now that I, I think is is we've, we've talked about like when we're adding in carbs or protein or trying to remove things from your diet to initiate a cut like those have been pretty small numbers we've talked about Mm -hmm. so a lot of times in the fitness world you see a lot about 30-day transformations or like oh you can do this in three months or you can do this okay i wish this was a video podcast you could see how far back into her head like nancy's eyes rolled
1: something (laughs) something already pissed me off on the internet this morning and it's kind of in light of what you just said so i'm like yep let's do it
0: let's do it let's do it
1: (laughs) no it was just uh one of my clients She got like an email from her past coach and he sent like just like this deals in September and everything and he was like, work with me and you'll get your results quick or like he said like fast. Oh, where'd you go? There you go. He was like, you'll get results fast and I said to her right there, that is wrong. It's wrong. If you're getting results fast, those habits, quotations, I'm putting hands up, habits are going to be gone after you end with this coach is it's going to be like so quick at once you lose all this weight but then once you're back out in the real world by yourself you're like the heck I'm mm-hmm. going to gain weight if I start eating like the way I used to. So that triggered me. Like that's I mean a selling point. That's how you sell someone, but we're all human right. and you want to wish the best for their success and they I think the big goal as a nutrition coach is to not have someone for the rest of your life. My biggest goal is to have you for 3 months and send you off into the real world and I catch we chat in a year and you still look the same way Mm. if not better
0: right like it's it's more about it seems like it's more about habit creation that's what I end up talking about with people
1: yeah yeah habits are huge when it comes down to this lifestyle like you're becoming a new person like yeah totally transforming all of your decisions and little things just change in the back of your head that you don't even realize when you're starting to become this new person like even Mm -hmm. like like, my decision-making when I drink alcohol now is all I have is, like, a little, like, a tequila shot with a lemon. Where before, I'd have, like, high-sugar alcohols. Not to say that this is a good way to cut, but just for an example, it's just, like, in light of my wedding weekend, I was making the conscious decision. They're like, but we have coolers. But I'm like, no, I don't want that because I know it's going to be higher in calories. I'd rather just have a little shot. Um, And then also, like, when you're... When you are going to events, you kind of just make decisions during the day that you never really think about. You're like, okay, hey, I know I'm going to have more carbs in the evening, so now I'm going to have like more protein-rich meals during the day to prepare for tonight. Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah, and then on like, the bulking side, on the flip side, it's like, okay, cool, I need to get an extra meal in today, or I need to like add in some more calories. It's like, cool, how do I find liquid calories that yeah. don't make my stomach upset, and how do I yeah, maybe I I plan out a meal that goes down really easy, not first thing in the morning, but relatively early in the day. And then I have something that I can eat right before I go to bed that is also relatively easy to get down Mm -hmm. if you feel sick in the morning or anything like that. So it's about finding the small habits because then it also changes like how you stock your pantry, how you go to the grocery store. Like I know that there are people who have like social outings with friends that involve food and drinks and coffees and things like that. And so it's like, Do you begin to change some of those habits? Do you keep them? How do you make other decisions that are going to help accelerate what you're currently doing? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think your point of you're becoming a totally different person when you begin to make a nutrition change is really important to remember, especially if you're maybe a bulk or a cut. Either way, there's going to be a lot more food prep that happens, probably, Mm -hmm. just to make it sustainable. So, like, I I love leftovers. I've eaten leftovers for a long time. Like, my mom used to cook in bulk because there were three- of us boys Man. who just, you oh, know, shoot. we're all over six feet tall, who were all athletes. And it's like, okay, that's, that's a lot of food that's getting cleared in that house every day.
1: I think she missed uh, this day and age of worth food costs. Are. <laughs> oh girl would gosh. be She'd need like three jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah. It would be horrible. So mm-hmm. we ate a lot. She prepped a lot. So I'm used to eating a lot of things out of glass containers and Tupperwares. And so that just ends up happening now too. Mm-hmm. But how those are prepped for planning out the grocery store and making sure you're gets thought on time. That was something else I, I hadn't thought about that people are going right, to have to think about huge too. because I talked to one of my clients who uh, they had. So they had a friend in town um, and their friend is like also like a weightlifter, powerlifter type. And so was in town for like a week. And so she bought like a bunch of groceries and so <laughs> ended up like leaving a bunch of like frozen meat in the fridge. And so I trained uh, both both of the, I trained him and her, both in uh, the, the couple, whatever. I don't know why I'm struggling to say that. trained two people in the same household. Good yeah. God. Anyways. So they're like, Kyle, our fridge is, our freezer is totally packed full of meat. We're not going to eat it. Do you want it? And I was like, duh, of course, absolutely. Have you seen <laughs> how much meat costs these days? I will take whatever you have. But I kind of asked, cause I was like, I don't, you guys aren't both vegetarian, right? Like is there a reason you're not eating this? And like, well, we just don't eat meat very often because like, Getting it thawed, getting it cooked before it goes bad. Like he he was like, it's the logistics of it that make it more difficult. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. Like before you have a system in place to not let your meat go bad, like it is kind of a challenge to be like, oh, I guess I have to cook it tonight. Or, oh, I missed it by one day and now I have to throw this whole pound of ground beef away. Yeah. And so it's little things like that of knowing that, hey, I'm going to I need more lean proteins. I don't just want to get everything from a powder. What uh, It's not just, oh, buy chicken, cook chicken, eat chicken. There are, okay, buy it from Costco, put it in the freezer, take a note to take it out beforehand. Yeah. And then now that it's out, I have this window to cook it before it goes sour. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, I mean, our freezer is ice cold and our fridge is like also really cold and we can't get it to warm up. And so in our fridge it takes a long time to thaw out. So anyways, there's just a lot of little variables there that it's important to give yourself some time to adjust to. Yeah. And know that you probably are not gonna nail it right away. And like you're probably gonna have you're probably gonna meal prep too much and throw stuff away. You also might not meal prep often enough and be like, well frick, like now I'm home and like I need food and I guess I'm going to Chipotle again. Like like now what do yeah. I do? So I think being having a fluid process of figuring out like what's gonna work for you in the long term, I think is really important. That was the point of this whole long rambling story.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like I have a lot to say about that too. And for an example, like, when it comes down to chicken, too, because I run into this issue with some of my clients where they're, like, Nancy, like, I just can't eat chicken anymore type of thing. What I started to do was I'll only take out two breasts at a time instead of a whole pack. My mm-hmm. stepdad will usually, like, take out the chickens and, like, put them in plastic baggies and only, like, two per plastic bag. Oh, nuts. But anyway, what – yeah. So what I do is I'll take it out, but – I don't marinate my chicken the same way and I feel like marinating your chicken is such a big thing because it just makes it taste so much better so much Mm -hmm. and you can I do like sometimes I do like Caesar chicken I'll do buffalo chicken I'll do teriyaki chicken any Mm -hmm. type that I just am craving and I kind of pre-plan like if I do chicken Caesar I'm gonna put it in a wrap and then put like the all the veggies in there and that's like a chicken Caesar wrap If I do teriyaki, then I know what veggies I want to use. Maybe I want to use a different type of carb. Uh, There's like so many ways to play around with it. And one thing I also started to change since I'm doing a macro plan, so macronutrients, your fats, carbs, and proteins, I kind of play around with the proteins that I have. I don't eat the same protein every day, nor do I eat the same carbohydrates. So like for example, today I pulled out chicken thighs, I'm like, oh, fuck, like what's going to be my other protein source? I'm like, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll make salmon today because that's easy. I can pull that out and just there's my two sources of protein for my next two meals. Or like last week I was on like I was really craving ground beef. So instead of having just ground beef, I actually mixed ground chicken and ground beef just because ground chicken is a little less fat, less calories and like more Mm -hmm. protein. But I wanted that taste of like ground beef. So I mixed them. Another thing is like if I want, yeah, then I'll throw in chicken breast. And I also know that chicken breast is so high in protein. So I pre-plan my day to make sure I get a protein shake in there on top of the days that I don't have chicken breast just because I'm missing out on probably like 10 grams of protein that day. So that's a big one. And then also like your carbs, like you can cycle through so many different type of carb sources. You got white potatoes, sweet potato, you have noodles, you have rice, you have rice cakes, you have oatmeal. And like it's just, and then it gets fun, too. It's like, what do you want to eat today? Mm-hmm. And then you can play around with it. Not to mention yeah. rice. You can put that bitch in the microwave for two minutes. You can put mm-hmm. chicken in your air fryer for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's just funny because people say they don't have time, but I feel like the time it takes to stop in a drive-thru and the money it costs is like kind of the same. It's just, yeah, the- it's so easy, but so complicated in the beginning. But with just like little things and understanding how much easier it gets, it, it just becomes like second nature to you.
0: Totally. Well, and that's where I think there is this misconception around like, oh man, eating for performance or eating, eating to cut or eating to Bulk or whatever, like it's so boring, and it's like, oh, if I go to the gym, I just have to eat chicken and rice and broccoli for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, and it's like stigma,
0: and it's like that's that's like a 2009 bodybuilder meal. Like, there was like a like a bro science life video about that at one point, I think, just like a great, like you know, gym meme culture dump to to go on, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you don't have to eat the same boring shit all the time, Mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't. It's yeah, there, the wide world of food that's out there is so amazing. And it's like, because we do the same thing. My wife ends up doing most of the cooking because she ends up working at home Mm -hmm. and she's got a home office. And so we cycle through a bunch of different meats. So it's like, you know, beef, pork, chicken, turkey. Yeah, because. Even within each of these categories, like you mentioned, there's like, there's chicken breasts, there's chicken thighs, and there's ground chicken. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's three different kinds of chicken. That's amazing. That's a ton.
1: Skewers too. They can make on barbecue.
0: Yeah. You got tenderloins. You got all these different cuts. Then you, then you open up a cow and there's just an infinite solution for like the different ways you can eat beef, pork, turkey, the same way. And then you mentioned salmon and like, I've got venison and tuna in my freezer now too.
1: Yeah. It's like, not to mention it's like $2. And I asked, what was it? It's like 20 grams of protein in there. For like a it's little like an astronomical a, amount yeah and like it's like 110 120 calories and you can make tuna in so many different ways too with the carb sources spread it on rice cakes like before bed if you're hungry you're gonna be full and it's better for you to eat something like that before bed anyway
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's just like so many options for people who are into who are trying to make better solutions or better better decisions around this Weirdly enough pinterest has been a big like what meals do we make? Like my wife and I have combed through that and like cultivated yeah. like a menu for our family over that, over that app because
1: it's always it's, or it's
0: TikTok mostly been for ideas. Too. Yeah. TikTok at this point is great too. We started this before TikTok was a thing, you know, back in the day.
1: Kyle's old. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Four years ago. No, that's probably, probably eight years ago. Realistically, either way, it doesn't matter. But the premise is like, Using, finding ways to gain inspiration for how to, how to make and season your meals. Cause there's even this random one that, that we made the first time and it was horrible and we've made it a couple more times. And then it's now like a family favorite, which is just like these Thai turkey meatballs where it's just like ground turkey, Ooh, that good. like turkey
1: burgers too, guys. Oh my oh, God. You could just yeah. keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You can just crush turkey burgers. Oh, uh, and so, so, so it's like getting inspiration from somewhere on the internet, Pinterest, TikTok, Reddit, wherever. Probably don't go to Reddit. Reddit sucks. Uh, just in general.
1: <laughs> just be careful. And Reddit in general.
0: Just beware. Beware. The dark hole. Uh, yeah, it's a wild place. It's a wild, wild place. And then making adaptations over time. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get a recipe on the internet. And it's going to have zero flavor. And you're probably going to need to use some other cooking techniques that you've learned from somewhere else online to really make it, like, taste fresh and stay moist and be really flavorful. Mm-hmm. But that's where it's it's – It's allowing yourself to be creative and to know that it's like, just cause you messed up the first time. Like I ended up, there was something I ended up trying to cook and I like, didn't we have this like cast iron pan that I use sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the cast iron pan takes like three times as long to heat up as the stainless steel skillet we have. Yeah. And so like the first time I cooked on it, it was just like not very hot. It was like, I'd set it on like this meat on the concrete outside and like, it was like really soggy and nasty, but it's like, well, Like the response from that's not like, okay, I guess I'm never cooking this on this pan again. It's like, okay, well, like how do I adapt for the future? Mm -hmm. Which is the same way you would approach like an exercise program where it's like if you walk under a barbell and squat for the first time and it doesn't go very well, you don't go, okay, well, I'm never squatting again. It's like, okay, well, like how do I I make adaptations in the future to make this squat more effective? And so it's taking that same mindset that people are really good at in the gym and just applying that to the kitchen and applying that to your grocery store visits where it's like, okay, this didn't go very well this week. Why didn't it go very well? Let's do a little like post mortem and like figure out what decisions that I can make differently for next time. Whether it's, hey, I actually need to work on my knife skills because chopping up vegetables takes forever, and if I learned how to use a knife more effectively, then that would be great. Or maybe I easy need to sharpen my knives. Maybe it's something sort of random like that, where it's like you got these dull ass knives that make everything hard it's like well maybe if you get those sharpened or get a new set or whatever that might make your kitchen experience a lot better and there's like meal prep services you can get you can go to trader joe's in the Mm -hmm. states and get like things that are already pre-cut and pre-packaged and just like ready to go in the pan or in the oven or in your air fryer so there's a lot of solutions out there once you begin to get a little bit creative with how we're going to solve these and like what
1: i was going to say about like cutting the veggies, there's been a hack that I have done in the past couple months is like when I'm making breakfast and I've run out of cut veggies, I'll grab them from the fridge and start chopping up green and red pepper and onion, put it all in a container while I'm making breakfast and it's cooking. And then when I make my second meal during the day, I already have the veggies pre-cut. I grab a handful and just put it on the frying pan or I'll Mm -hmm. throw it in the air fryer. Like it's so easy. And the most amazing thing about this is like I can eat like this six days out of the week and then last week I went out with my cousins and I didn't have a second thought being like holy shit this is out of my macro plan I don't know how many calories I'm eating I don't know any of this but because I've been checking off every single box leading up to that Wednesday night where I enjoyed myself I woke up the mm-hmm. next morning same weight didn't mean much and I had like Where before, if I'm eating out of, not out of control, but just not managing it, I would have such a big fear about going out to eat because I don't know where I'm standing. And like before I just eat whatever I want, not really care about the protein. This is like way back when, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself at that restaurant because I was unaware of like how I'd feel the next day type of thing or if I gained weight, which is kind of brutal, but... Lots of women understand like before we go out for a restaurant, we do sometimes have in the back of the head like, it would probably be better if we didn't do this because I might gain weight. It's outside of like my normal routine. But yeah, that being said, is like controlling everything means that you can enjoy yourself on the weekend without guilt. And it's an amazing feeling coming from someone who used to struggle so much with it. Uh, where else? I, yeah.
0: Well, I was going to say too, it's just about having more information. Yeah. And it's like the more yeah. information you have, the better decisions you can make. And because yeah. the same thing, like one thing that I think is is sort of a bummer is that like nutrition gets put in this whole separate world to the gym where it's like you, you know, there's either a stigma around like you either need to track everything or you're not going to see any progress, which can't possibly be true. Yeah. Or you shouldn't track anything because being aware of what you put in your body is somehow unhelpful oh, and like
1: healthy and like there's such a it's so weird
0: yeah and like the whole industry yeah and like we haven't talked about eating disorders at all because neither of us are qualified to talk about those and those are very real uh but there seems like there's this like continuum of like this is now disordered eating versus this is just me controlling the variables that are at my disposal and trying to make intentional decisions
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so it's like because we do this in the gym we like we go into the gym with a plan and we, we say track, hey yeah We track our like i mean i track every exercise my clients do and i write it down on a sheet that's shared with them so that way they know in the future like worked really well for them what didn't work as well we can look Mm -hmm. back at progress and like see growth but somehow in the nutrition world it's like no 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 don't do any of that it's like we're just doing the same thing somewhere else Mm -hmm. like because you track your workouts and you go with a plan doesn't mean that you have like disordered exercise habits it just means that you are controlling the variables that you have and just to have more information and just be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Because again, you can obsess in the gym to the point where you're looking at the logbook all the time, you're never taking a day off, like you never skip anything. And every decision you make is how to maximize the gym. Like that's also probably not super healthy uh, or like super helpful, like less if you're like prepping for like a bodybuilding show or like deep deep in a powerlifting meet where you're trying to break some sort of all time record. Um, But I think that this approach of trying to have a plan Trying to be aware of the oh. variables that
1: might need a cut. your
0: Nancy left. <laughs> We're back. <Wow. laughs> I think. Kind of.
1: Oh, where'd you go? Hello.
0: Hold on. You're super choppy. I can only sort of see you. Oh my god, here we back. Here we are. Let's go.
1: Oh wait, I'm gonna make a point of what when did this happen? I think it was at 38 minutes. I'll text it to you.
0: Yeah. Great. Okay. Boom.
1: You were on a tangent though.
0: Let's see. We were. Oh
1: no. Don't hang oh no, it's oh. fine. It's fine. We're good. We're good. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck
0: it. All right. Let's see.
1: Shit. Um
0: I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I'm going to restart you. that point and try and like, just Face splice it because I've had to
1: do that before. i to reamp get back into our, our groove here.
0: All right. So basically, like, so we already do this with our clients where we're like tracking the logbook. Like I have a, a spreadsheet okay. for my clients that I write down what they do every time they come into the gym. We have a plan before they get there. And then while they're there, I write down what they do. And then I write down if something changes. Because that happens on a day-to-day basis. If a client comes in and their knee's a little bit achy and we're going to change a warm-up, or we're going to change what their first exercise is for the day or if they're really tired or if they're really stressed or if they feel really good and we're going to add a set in because like, hey, we are firing on all cylinders. Like, let's go for it. And so I think we're just taking that same concept and applying that like laterally to nutrition where it's like, we're not overthinking about what variables we're controlling, where it's like, hey, I want to see a specific outcome. What changes can I make? What intentional changes can I make that also serve me in the long term? Because moving away from processed foods, moving towards whole foods, natural foods, seems like they have a pretty helpful long term effect. Not that you have to cut anything out forever, but it's like if we make some of these smaller changes, I think that can be really helpful. And I think that in the same way that I don't actually know if I want to make that point anymore.
1: What I was going to say, too, is, like, when we were talking about how there's o- where the spectrum of tracking is, like, can be unhealthy and it's too much, then, like, not tracking is also now we're confused and we don't know where we are. Like a little bit of background. When I knew that I was becoming a little obsessed with the whole tracking thing, I stepped away from it for a certain amount of time before I was ready, but I was just focusing on eating whole whole foods and intuitive eating and sometimes in your fitness journey you might need to do that and yes I did put on like a little bit of weight but I was also becoming a little more healthier building up a, a better relationship with food and then once that was patched and I felt better about tracking again that's when I started and I feel just as good as I was when I wasn't tracking and then also I feel like the education behind it too if you have goals unfortunately like to hit these goals you do have to be aware of what you're eating it's literally the way you change i mean the women that you see on the or for even like for men like some people that just post whatever they they want to eat and they look fabulous i bet you two years ago they were tracking and now they know what their body can maintain and even for me like in the past week when i i have like days that i don't eat i mean i don't tra- days i don't eat that's a lie <laughs> i eat too much <laughs> <laughs> i was like the, no like
0: that's amazing the days i possible. don't track
1: i already have like a general idea and i will still weigh out my food but i'm not putting it in my fitness pal because i already i know like my breakfast i have a mental thoughts i've tracked it so many times that i know how much it is of my breakfast and then my second and third meal i know how much to weigh out for my my meats And sometimes the scale can be like a good source too. I know there's also like thoughts around like, oh, you need to bring your scale. Like, well, sometimes, yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So let's talk about this. So it's like, oh, well, that's such a a weird thing to do. That's so specific to measure out your meats like that or to measure out your grains. And I was like, you measure out everything else. Like I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to have eggs and I'm going to pick four eggs. That's a very specific number of eggs now i don't need a scale to measure out four eggs because i can count to four but that's a spec- chosen a specific yeah. amount i'm gonna measure my oatmeal do you know how i'm gonna measure my oatmeal with cup. like a little cup that's a measuring yeah. cup yeah exactly cool and i'm gonna measure out the water that goes in the oatmeal with the same thing and it's like that's how you have two pieces of toast great that is one <laughs> two pieces of toast you've measured how much toast you're gonna have and so it's like all you're doing is measuring something. And we measure everything else. Have you ever baked anything ever and tried to not measure what you bake? You're going to get <laughs> fucking lost. Like make protein pancakes and don't measure out anything. Just put it all in the pan and blend <laughs> it up. See how it goes. It's going to go really, really fucking mm-hmm. poorly. So all you're doing is not, yeah,
1: measuring, understand.
0: putting things on a food scale is not like neurotic behavior. Like you measure everything else. It's like the the joke that's been going around the internet that's like, oh, what time are you going to be here? It's like, well, I'll be here at 447. It's like, well, that's a specific time. And it's like, well, 4.30 is also a specific time. Yeah. Like, every time you say that you're going to be somewhere is specific. So, every amount it's like – you're measuring yeah. everything anyways. So, it's not – yeah, I don't know. That would be like saying, oh, I'm just going to lift – I'm just going to put whatever I think on the barbell today. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to put it on there. It's like, well, of course yeah. you're going to measure it. This is That's why the insight. plates have numbers written on them. You're actually going to put something fucking random on there. Yeah. Like, come on. All you're doing is measuring.
1: I know. That's it's it. such a weird, like – I don't know, opinions on the scale and everything, but it's also neurotic behavior to eat fucking fast food every day. Eat some damn vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm weird, but you eat McDonald's, bro. Like you're weird.
0: <laughs> well, and so this this is where I think the internet Such can a be this like magical place. place for information. But it's so horrible when it comes to marketing because what happens is that and this is why, like, if we, you know, only get like 10 podcast listeners for the rest of time, like this will be why is because we've provided today like a bunch of different options that are all very well thought out. And like we haven't we haven't died on the hill of any of them, except for like, it's OK to measure out your yeah. fucking food. Holy God. But it's like everything else is like, yeah, maybe you should bulk a little bit. Maybe you should cut a little bit. What you probably should do is make really small changes. And your time horizon for this change should be a mm-hmm. really long time. And you're not going to change overnight and it's okay if you want to measure food. It's it's fine if you don't. You're going to have less information, but it's not the end of the world. And, you know, yeah. that's all okay. But the problem when you go on the internet, especially on an app where the app is deciding what content you're getting, like if you're entering information in a search bar, that's probably more helpful than if sure. you were just like using one of your appendages sure. yeah. to move through the internet without typing anything. Right. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get people who – are talking to a very specific audience because if if you were talking to someone like if this was a show specifically for people with disordered eating, which again we're not qualified to talk to those people specifically, we would probably have a different conversation. Like we were, if we were registered yeah. nutritionists, like this would probably be a different conversation. If we were just talking to powerlifters who were trying to gain weight by any means possible, that would also be a different conversation, and we would be able to say in more uncertain terms like this is the mm-hmm. thing you should do. And that's what a lot of the internet talks about. A lot of people on the internet, I guess I should say, talk about is like, this is the thing you should do. And it's like, well, this is the thing that specific person mm-hmm. might do, but not that you should it's like, do for find sure. Find what
1: works for you. And so and at the end of the day, it's like, what works best for you and take everything with a grain of salt. And we've like, we've talked about this in the past when it comes right. to programming, like when it comes to like, if you want to do Pilates for the rest of your life, and that's how you exercise and do fucking Pilates, like. Yeah. Right. If you want to eat a certain way and it's getting you towards your goal then don't stop doing that. Like if it's don't take right. something that's not broken.
0: Right. So much we've talked about today has been learned and what we've talked about so far in previous episodes is like how to explore the world of fitness and nutrition to find out what right. actually works for you. And so once you've found it, yeah. stick to it. Keep doing and it. Don't keep changing you, it.
1: It all comes down like a little bit of tough love is if you want to if you have a certain goal and you want to lose weight and you want to change your body composition you want to look much better go and do it and don't be a pussy like just go and do the shit that yes. sucks it's gonna suck especially in the beginning when i started this i did not like mm-hmm. it i was like to stop i mean like you get like the highs because you're like oh i'm feeling great but then at the end of the day it's like also this kind of sucks sometimes mm-hmm. but what you need what you have to do to get to your goals, you just have to freaking do it. And another thing is like consistency and patience, especially in the beginning. Like, thankfully, like me and Kyle are in a position now where we can kind of play around with things. But for a client, for example, who has a 50 pound weight loss goal, it's probably not the best decision if she's going out to eat two times a week or like drinking too much alcohol, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So it all, yeah, it all comes down to your goals and like how big and how small they are and what you need to do to get there. Yeah,
0: totally. Specific plan. Like if you want a specific outcome, you have to take a specific yeah. plan to get there. Like I want this specific body or this specific strength goal. Cool. You need a specific plan to get you there and you need to do it really repeatedly for a mm-hmm. long time or yeah. it's work. The bigger, the, <laughs> yes, the bigger, the goal you have also the more intervention, like the higher yes. level intervention you need. Right. Like if if we thought about like, okay, I want to squat 500 pounds and I currently squat 108, 185 pounds. Okay, cool. That's going to take you like multiple years of really consistent Mm -hmm. effort, not like two times a week for six months, like five times a week for four years. Like that's what that's going to take. So in nutrition, it's the same way. It's like, well, I want to lose this weight or I want to gain this weight. It's like, cool, you should do that. That's great. It's if it's a big goal, it's going to be hard. And you're going to have to do a lot more than someone who has a smaller goal. I would say that like setting bigger goals probably is more helpful in the long run because it actually encourages you to make the lifestyle changes needed to make your large and small goals. So I would say set a bigger goal. Like if you were trying to decide if you wanted to gain five pounds Mm -hmm. or gain 15 pounds, I would say try and gain Mm -hmm. 15 pounds because that's a bigger goal. It's more difficult. Now your time horizon is going to be longer, right? It's going to take you longer to get there. But I would say set a bigger goal. And then like those mic work on the lifestyle changes needed too, right? Still got to break it down into. And
1: kind of we talked about in the beginning is like going through like the bulk and cut and maintenance. If you have like a certain date, you got to plan these little pockets here. So maybe bulk. Well, depending on your goals again, like if you want to be more shredded in the summer and have a totally different body composition, I would suggest that you go into a bulking phase for a certain amount of months, drop into that maintenance phase to do some digestion, not digestion, metabolism building, making sure that you're in a good spot like with your gut and everything and then going down to that cutting phase leading up to summer and then back into maintenance and it's kind of you're going to be like doing the same thing around the seasons if you go on the internet you know that everyone's going to be bulking around that winter time and then everyone starts to get shredded in the summer so just like planning it out in the grand scheme of things and then also breaking it down into smaller little blocks and pockets so you get there i think like We'll need like another episode to get into a little bit more nitty gritty. I know I asked some questions on like Instagram for Q and A's, but this is just such a big topic that we will save that for another time. And I would like to talk about like supplements, mm-hmm. different types of protein. I you know when to do creatine. Cause that's a huge conversation. Endless research on creatine. If you're listening to this, take creatine <laughs> and then like, yeah, mm-hmm. vitamins, a big one. Yeah. But this is a little, a little taste of nutrition yeah. you... and we've,
0: Yep, nutrition is a huge topic, and we got a lot of episodes to work through it. So, yeah, keep sending your questions in, and then yeah, we'll have more specific episodes over time. We'll probably even dive back into specifically bulking and cutting because we just basically just blew yeah. right by those as fast yeah, as possible.
1: So, so we'll definitely do like um, yeah, bulking season. Maybe we'll ca- do a little episode in the like October first <laughs> spooky season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. It's on <laughs> oh.
0: Yep. Use all that Halloween candy oh, for your games. I
1: went to the store yesterday and there's literally Halloween candy. I like, what the heck? And pumpkin spice lattes are making oh a God. comeback. I told all my clients, Message me before you go to Starbucks, please. So I could tell you what to drink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It's like 85 degrees out today. I did not want pumpkin oh, spice. they're wild. On, I know. Whatever. You
1: guys are not drinking this 500 calorie latte that's full of sugar. Like, I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah.
0: All right, let's see. So that's a wrap for this one. We'll see you next time. You can find me on the internet, underscore Kyle McKee on Instagram for now. Fine. And then at Nancy.
1: Nancy Reichman, Hit us. on TikTok at Nancy Reichman, where I just post a lot of bullshit, but fun. And then, well, since you asked pod on Instagram, that one's still growing. It's taking it a moment. Got my ducks in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will.
0: We'll get there. righty. Sweet.
1: See you next week.